Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. <clears throat> so um, this afternoon, I want to explore a topic that um, I think is vital to opening the heart and um, in that process awakening joy. And that's um, the topic of forgiveness. I said um, earlier in the retreat that all the wholesome states of mind and heart are expansive and all the states of suffering are contracting. And so in order to feel the love or the joy or the, uh, the openness of well-being, uh, we need to take a look at the things that keep our heart closed. And there's lots of them. There's fear or worry or uh, wanting contraction of obsession and not getting what you don't uh, what you want <clears throat> but particularly when it comes to uh, the natural capacity to love and the urge to to love um, often our hearts have become closed locked or um, embittered, uh, or somehow there's a, an armoring around it that uh, as much as we'd like it to not be there, uh, seems to be there. And we can direct this towards ourselves, or towards others, or towards life itself. So as we uh, explore this, um, just see it as, uh, as an exploration to um, support that opening of the heart. You don't have to be anywhere that you're not ready to go. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you're not ready to do. Uh, but to see that really um, forgiveness is something that ultimately we do for our own well-being. It's not to let somebody else off the hook or to let ourselves off the hook, but it's this capacity of the heart to somehow understand with compassion and, uh, and release that, that tightness. <clears throat> You might find yourself stuck in judgment. You might find yourself believing a story, even though you might know that it's a story or your story. It seems so real, and it's a you know, it's a story that has served you some way or another. And it might be a true story, but the fact that the heart is closed 
is, uh, is a painful byproduct of, of that story. And forgiveness also is an acknowledgement, or a lack of acknowledgement, I should say, that, um, that we can change. <clears throat> the, the lack of forgiveness, I should say, is not acknowledging that we can change or that others can change. And it's just kind of freeze-framing a certain moment or event or way that we hold somebody else or ourselves and saying, that's who they are, or that's who I am, or that's what I did, and therefore I'm this person that's not worthy of it. It's like, this is an example I sometimes use. Um, Just imagine when you're losing it, right, with your if you have a child or somebody close to you and you're just stressed out and not your best self and there you are in that moment where you just are ready to strangle somebody and going ah! and somebody comes along and takes a snapshot and says ooh what an unpleasant person they are right and they put it in their pocket and two months later, they pull it out. Yep, still an unpleasant person. You know? We do that when we freeze frame a moment. This happened, and there that rotten SOB is really a rotten SOB. And every time you pull out the picture, you get triggered. Could be last week, last month, Ten years ago, they might be on a beach in Kauai having a great time. You pull that picture out, yeah, they still are a rotten person. You know? And there you are triggering yourself with that contraction. So forgiveness is really about um, seeing the possibility that you don't have to be stuck in a frozen moment. As I, I love the line, I think it's, from Lily Tomlin originally. Jack sometimes is quoted as it, but uh, it was before him that says, uh, forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. Forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. That as much as we want to undo what happened, the more we wish that it had been different, the more we are stuck in that reality. And this capacity to forgive is uh, an amazing gift of the human heart. It's able to understand, like you see Kuan Yin in the back, that statue with her relaxed repose, able to see all the sorrows and the craziness of the world and say, yes, and this is part of life too. How can I open up my heart to this too? Mm. So it's able to, uh, the ability to open our hearts and not flinch or pretend, but to let ourselves acknowledge what happened and then let go, move on. 
uh, Archbishop Tutu, who's really uh, one of the most inspiring figures uh, for me, who was the architect of the um, truth and reconciliation process in South Africa when uh, apartheid uh, was, uh, was overturned. He is a master of forgiveness. And he has this line I love. He says, um, forgiveness is the highest form of self-interest. I need to forgive so that my own anger and lust for revenge does not corrode my own being. Forgiveness is the highest form of self-interest. I need to forgive so that my own anger or lust for revenge doesn't corrode my own being. So you're doing it for yourself. And the Buddha talks about this in, in very graphic terms. Perhaps you're familiar with this, uh, this analogy. He says, holding on to anger or bitterness is like picking up a hot coal, trying to throw it at somebody to hurt them, not realizing that you're the one that's getting burned. And another another uh, um, um, illustration of that, it's like, it's in the Tibetan tradition, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person's going to get sick. But we do this anyway. Isn't it amazing how we do this to ourselves? Mm-hmm. So, this... Capacity to forgive, just say a few more words and then we'll explore on a few different levels. It's really a movement of the heart. It's a generosity of heart. It's, it's a, an extension of ourselves that opens us up. And often we wish we could forgive. And if somebody is really remorseful towards us, uh, many, most of us want to get, want to forgive, but it takes some courage. It takes some vulnerability because it's really letting go of that protection and that armoring and turning that suffering into compassion. It, it melts the contracted heart. And as I say, you, you might not be ready to forgive, and that's okay. Sometimes you need to go through a period of hurt or rage, and uh, you can't force it. You can't bypass it and say, okay, all is forgiven when you haven't fully uh, processed the pain or you're, you're not quite there yet. Um, and in that case, then, you need to forgive yourself for being just where you are and start somewhere having a a softening of the heart. So I first want to talk about uh, forgiveness towards ourselves and have us explore. Because often that's the the place that um, is the source of our contracted heart. And I I do know something about this uh, because um, I I came into practice because I was... I didn't like myself much at all. For the first, oh, 
17 or 18 years of my life, I'd look in the mirror and just wince and say, oh no. And uh, wasn't particularly outgoing and uh, actually came in with a, uh, an idea that I didn't belong here, that I was an imposter. I put this in awakening joy. I had this ongoing image when I was a kid. Um, as long as I could remember that um, before we're born, people are in uh, limbo souls on a shelf, ready to be incarnated. And what my image was, was this giant hand of God or his right-hand assistant, as I imagined it, came, was coming across, you know, like those, those uh, uh, machines that are outside the diners sometimes and the kids put in the, the change and, and they grab, oh, I got a bunny, Daddy, like that, you know. Well, there was God coming along and grabbing the next soul and I got picked, but it was supposed to be the guy next to me. This was a, a recurring image throughout my childhood. So if I was found out, I'd be sent back. So I, I definitely had this imposter phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And in my, uh, in my younger days, I did lots of crazy things. And on my first Metta retreat where you're sending love to yourself. May I be happy, may I be filled with love. All the awful things that I ever did came back to me. It was really painful. And each one it was like, oh no, I can't believe I did that. Oh no, ooh. And it got so bad that I decided to uh, list the 20 really awful things I did in my life. I said, this is too much. All right, I'm going to just name them. And I was so fortunate I picked that number because I could only come up with 17 really bad things. Okay, maybe there's an end to this after all. Mm -hmm. And uh, with my, in my own life, one of the things in in those early years that I I mentioned, it's it's, uh, a chapter in, Awakening joy is a a decision, a choice I made out of fear um, about my older son, who is now 43. Mm. I didn't know about him until after he was born. And I found out three months after he was born and saw him a few days after I received a card with a picture in the mail. And I saw him once that time. And that was the last time I saw him until he found me at the age of 29. And I got a second chance. We're very close. He was just up here this weekend visiting. And I'm somebody that he, fortunately for me, can turn to when he needs to to calm down or wants to uh, to feel uh, support, but I had to live with a choice that I made 
when I was a very frightened, scared kid at 23. And I had to somehow come to terms with that. How could I do that? So I know a bit about forgiveness. Um, and I was very fortunate to get a second chance. It's possible. It's really possible. It takes understanding the confusion of why people do the things that they do. And when you look back on your life, as I did on that, uh, that meta retreat, and if there are things that you, uh, that you think of that make you cringe, oh no, I really did that. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Cringing is really a very good sign. Cringing, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about cringing. Cringing is a sign that you're no longer the person that you were. You've changed. But you can keep on beating yourself up and the perfect way to beat yourself up is to go ahead and keep thinking about what an awful person you are. And all the goodness that's in your heart doesn't get a chance to come through while you're punishing yourself or going ahead and doing something else that's not particularly skillful. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I'd like to, um, yeah, go uh, do a little bit of forgiveness practice with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, there's one line I want to share from uh, the third Zen patriarch mm, for those people who are who have such high standards that uh, they don't meet up with them. The, there's a line that says, "To live in the highest realization, the highest realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection. That the the true realized being." has let go of being perfect. And to start with being right where you are, that that's okay. So as we do this, um, I invite you first to uh, sit up in a meditative posture. Or for you, meditative posture. And... uh, First, to connect with your relationship to uh, different parts of you. First, towards your body. So much of the time, our lack of forgiveness or our frustration with ourselves has to do with our bodies, either the appearance of our bodies or how our bodies work or don't work. How do you relate to your body? And if it's disappointed you or frustrated you, just reflecting on the fact that it's done the best it can for you and 
probably could use a bit of kindness and love rather than frustration and uh, anger. So see if it's possible to appreciate your body for just a moment and forgive whatever it is without blaming yourself but just appreciating this is the body you've been given this lifetime. And it responds to love. And just send some kind thoughts towards this body. Thank you for serving me so well or the way you do to the best of your ability. And now turn your awareness towards your mind which you've probably gotten to know a little bit these last few days, one way or another. This mind that can think, that can create, that can solve problems, that has all kinds of thoughts. And sometimes those thoughts are troublesome or confusing, but you've still got a mind that works. Can you send a a few moments of appreciation towards this amazing gift you've been given? Thank you, mind. And then for a few moments to your heart or all the different feelings that come through. Your kindness, your love, your annoyance, your irritation, all the different things that come through. You can feel. You can react. But you can also feel a kindness and a caring. And just for a few moments, appreciate your heart and all the feelings that you have a capacity to feel, to be human. Thank you. And now, I'd like you to reflect, what do I need to forgive myself for? Maybe there isn't anything, but maybe there is something about who you are or something about 
what you've done, And if you get in touch with something, you might ask um, if it was somebody else, could you be able to extend forgiveness to them? And directing it towards yourself, what do you need to understand in order to forgive yourself? Okay, now you can open your eyes. And what I'd like you to do is um, write a letter to yourself, only not from yourself. I'd like you to imagine that you are the wisest being you can conceive of, whether it's the Buddha or Jesus or Kuan Yin, writing a letter and forgiving yourself. If you can get in touch with that perspective, the wisest being, and write a letter of forgiveness towards yourself for the next few minutes. And here's paper, you can uh, come up. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.